Our text for this morning's sermon is taken from the gospel lesson with special emphasis on the following words. You go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. This is our text. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, many people these days live paycheck to paycheck. They depend on getting that check at the end of the week to pay their bills and buy what they need. They have little savings, if any, to fall back on. So their income is not just a a matter of having money or not. It's a matter about having what they need to live. That was the situation even more so in biblical times. There was no middle class as we know it today. There were the haves and the have-nots, the rich and the poor, and the distance between them was considerable. If there was no work that day, there was no pay, and that meant no food. A full day's wage meant food on the table. So a day's labor wasn't just a job, and it wasn't about the money. Bottom line, it was about life for these workers and their families. And that, Jesus says, is what the kingdom of heaven is like and is all about. It's not about the money. It's about life. Life for all. Life from God in Christ, which is and always is a gift. For the owner, it wasn't about the money. If it was, he wouldn't have done what he did. Paying people for work that wasn't done is a quick way to go out of business, isn't it? But he didn't see it that way. Why? Because he was providing life, using what he had, using his business to help others, which is never wrong. Is it? Well, apparently it was for those who were all about the money, for those for whom life isn't a gift, but a competition to always have more and more and more and more. Or for those who think that more money, more blessings, more stuff means more life. But if that's where you are in life or where you're looking for life and what you have and the things of this world, then quite frankly, you're, you're looking in the wrong place. Then the things of this world become your idols, your false gods. Now, it's a, an easy trap to fall into as fallen people in a fallen world. If only I had that, 
I would be happier. If only I had more, my life would be better. If only I could get what I want, then things would go well. But there's no way off that treadmill. There's always more. Always. So life becomes an endless chasing after the wind, an endless desiring, which leads to an endless grumbling for what we don't have, or grumbling about what others have that they don't deserve. And while you're striving for more, more stuff, you're actually getting less life because your idols are stealing your life, not giving you life. So it's better to think differently, like the owner of the vineyard in our text for today, who is, of course, our Lord Jesus Christ. He is generous to a fault. Some would say that he's foolish with how he gives his gifts, unless he's not just giving gifts, that is, but giving life. Giving life and joy both to others and to himself. Picture the owner of the vineyard standing behind his foreman as he paid those who arrived late in the day. What joy and satisfaction he would receive in seeing their joy and receiving more than they ever thought. But then, too, how sad he must have been to see the grumbling of the others to whom he gave what he promised, a full day's wage. But they were grumbling because he was kind to those who didn't deserve it. Do you begrudge my generosity, he says? In the Greek there, it's a little different. It, it, it means that. But it literally says, do you have an evil eye because I'm good? Well, God is good. And he seeks to make us all good by giving us the entirety of his goodness. You see, Jesus has come not to give you just a little bit of life, but an abundant life, life to the full. So he is lavish with his forgiveness, lavish, that we live lives free from the burden of guilt and shame. He is generous with his spirit, that we live lives not of isolation, but joined to Christ and one another. That's why he's here, to make us into a community, his community, where goodness reigns and kindness overflows, where life conquers even death. 
He is bountiful with his love, that we live lives confident and secure in his love and not in doubt or questioning whether we're worthy or not for what we've done or left undone or what we may have done just this morning that isn't in accord with his word. And all this for all people, lifelong Christians and new Christians the same, those baptized as infants, and those moments before death. A friend of ours by the name of Pastor Brent Kuhlman, and by the way, he'll be here in February uh, for our Higher Things retreat. Put that on your calendar. He puts it this way, and I think he puts it really, really well. It's in your green sheet, and I'll quote it. He says, John the Baptist, who worshiped Christ from the womb, gets the same salvation as a repentant thief, returns to Jesus at the 11th hour of his life and says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. The lifer Lutheran here at Trinity gets the same denarius as the inebriated driver who says, Jesus, have mercy on me as he crashes through the windshield on the way to his death at the 11th hour, 59th minute and 59th second of his miserable life. Because God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth and to believe at whatever hour. Believing is to receive the gift of his life. He wants that for all of us. Jesus wants to give life. That's why he's here. Having won our salvation through his suffering, death, and resurrection, he's here to give life. That's what he wants to do. This is his will, to give life to everybody, all of us, who are dead in our trespasses and sin, always fully, generously, and abundantly. You see, he earned the denarius, if you will, for us, the denarius of eternal life, when he bore the burden of the day and the scorching heat of our sin and death on Good Friday. Having accomplished our salvation through his suffering, death, and resurrection, he now comes by his Spirit at work through his Word to put food on the table, his food, the bread of his life that conquers death. I was thinking about that. This isn't a denarius. It's a host. And everyone who comes to the table in repentance and faith to receive his very body and blood, it's one host. Whether you've been here throughout your life, whether you made a mess of things last night in breaking our Lord's commandments, whether you come in right before you, your, your last breath. It's all here. It's not the benefit of a day's work. It's the benefit of his work, which has won for us an eternal day. There's no night in heaven when Jesus rose from the dead. 
It was the dawn of a new day that never ends. And what did he do then? He went to his disciples who didn't believe that he would do what he said and made believers out of them, receivers of his grace, of his mercy, of his life that conquers death and his peace that surpasses all understanding. And then he sent them out to do the same. Not to have an evil eye toward God because he is kind, but to have a loving eye toward God in seeing the needs of other people around us, the people who are hurting, the people who are undeserving, just like you, just like me. That's what our Lord does with this, as his nutrients, as his life has its way in ours. He's bodied and blooded us together with him in this Holy Communion, that we become instruments of his generosity. Now, while we do not know what hour of the day it is, that is, how close to when our Lord will return, it's not yet the end of the day, is it? We're still here. So our Lord is still calling and bringing people into his vineyard. For what? To give them life. He's here to be generous with them and to give them joy. Today, as you hear the Lord's word and receive his forgiveness, life, and peace, whether you've been here for years or whether today is your first day, you can be sure that our Heavenly Father is beaming. He's lifting up his countenance on you. He's beaming. You see, it's not about the money. Nothing gives him more joy than when sinners come to receive his forgiveness and life in Christ. Nothing. That is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Amen. Now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and our lives in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.